Defense. Armory takes the lead. Mugger 2 going with it. Sir Dragon A running on and probably all the fence in the straight. At the 150, it's Armory. Sir Dragon A coming at Armory. Armory and Sir Dragon A. Sir Dragon A takes the lead. Coming clear and joins a century of legends. Sir Dragon A for Bossy. Won the cox plate from Armory. Russian Camelot for the and now it's time for another edition of the Good Form Podcast, brought to you by form analyst Tim Chapman and Rob Orwell. G'day punters and welcome to a special edition of the Good Form Podcast, having a look at what is the best two minutes in sport, the Cox Plate as well as the undercard, which has a number of different Group 2 races scattered amongst on the program. Of course, in the intro, we heard the win of Sir Dragon A last year, who unfortunately broke down at track work on Saturday. And I don't know about you boys, but I was a bit flat there for an hour or two in the morning, obviously thinking back to, to what that horse has done since it's come to Australia. As I welcome in my good friend and, yeah, sparring partner, Tim Chapman, for today's podcast. Tim? How are you travelling? G'day, Rob. Yeah, going well. Looking excited for what's coming up to be, you know, the next fortnight of racing is probably the biggest in Australia all year. So very excited for what is upon us um, over the next week and a half or so, next two weeks. Particularly looking forward to the Cox Plate Carnival and the Cox Plate. So, yeah, excited to tuck into tonight's card or Saturday's card. Absolutely, and it's an exciting time to be in Melbourne. We're getting out of lockdown tomorrow, and of course, Cox Plate on Saturday, Manicato on Friday night. I know where I'll be for the next sort of 48 hours, and that'll be front and centre on the couch. Now, we welcome in our third backyard punter to the podcast, and if loyal listeners have, have listened to the tips of our first uh, two backyard punters, they'd be going pretty well, I would have thought, and we welcome in tonight to the podcast, Billy. How are you travelling? I'm going very well. Thanks, Rob and Tim. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to uh, stack up with the previous backyard punters, but I'll try my very best and uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, don't sell yourself short, Billy. I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll tear the card apart. Well, boys, we might start with the, with the uh, Cox Plate, I reckon. And, yeah, let's uh, get into it. Let's get into it. So, obviously, Group 1 contest over the 2,040 metres, the best two minutes in sport. Anyone that tries to argue that with you doesn't know sport, in my opinion. And, of course, the uh, the favourite for this race and a very sort of nervous favourite. I don't know if it what price it's going to be on the day. It's an interesting one. But, of course, Zaki is currently a $3 favourite. Animo, who could be the X factor in the race, is $4. Very elegant. Well, she is $5. Now we go to the internationals in the field. Gold Trip, who is $12 currently. State of Rest is $12 as well. Uh, Mwanga has had a bit of support in early market, 16 into 12, probably. Will she run? Uh, you'd have to say that at this stage it's 50-50, depending on what sort of track we might get. Captivant is $17, Dallas Sun is $67, and Callsign Mav from New Zealand is $71. Tim, before you perhaps give us a speed map, why don't you give us a bit of an indication on how the track might play on the Saturday after, of course, the Manicato uh, stakes and the uh, other races on that program, and then what you think the weather might do? Yeah, look, it's going to be 
challenging to know at this point in time here on a Thursday night how the track's going to play. Um, obviously, the rail is staying in the true position both for Friday night and for Saturday night, which means if the rain comes tomorrow, which there was a 90% projection that there was going to be rain on Friday, if the rain comes before the races tomorrow night, uh, look, it could chop up the track a little bit, in which case mm. I think that's for Saturday, uh, come Saturday, I think you're going to probably see maybe some swoopers will be starting to come into it a little bit more. Um, I know that Mooney Valley traditionally does play as a bit of a leader's bias track, but if the inside has been chopped out really bad, it could be one that you're going to look for those coming and running on a little bit more. So it'd be hard to know what, what lanes are going to be the best one at the moment, uh, but I'll be keeping a close eye on what the weather radar is doing and also have a listen to any information you can get about um, the lanes that they might be going in. Uh, we might even put out a little tweet of what lanes we think are going to be the best lanes come Cox Plate Day. All right. And Tim's speed map? Yes. Yeah, so in this one, the, the big one, I think Calcine Mav is led in its races coming over from New Zealand there. Comes out of barrier five, looks to go to the lead. I expect Zaki probably crosses with it from six, mm. and they'll probably be our leaders. Uh, also, you've got Captivant in barrier one. Look at three year olds leading have had a lot of success in this race. Uh, I think it was Seamus Award when it run one, came out of barrier one, went straight to the lead, led them, and won. Of course, uh, people were a little bit shocked then, but has now gone on to side possibly one of the greatest resources of the modern era in incentivise. <laughs> uh, but look, Captivan, I think if it's going to have any chance to win, it's going to have to go forward. Uh, so I think it's going to go forward there. Dallas Sun from three will also be forward. Slotting in behind those, you've got Probabil and Very Elegant. Gold Trip, it's a bit un- I'm not really sure how they're going to ride it. It might go back from tour, it might go forward. Uh, I expect it probably to sit midfield as well in there with probably very elegant. Mawanga next in there. State of Rest and Animo probably find themselves at the rear from barriers 8 and 10 respectively. So really big watch there. No no three-year-old has won coming from the rear. There have been some super runs with horses such as All Too Hard and so on running from running on from the back but haven't won. So, yeah, look, I don't know. It's going to be a tough task for Animo, the three-year-old that won the guineas. Uh, but anyway, I think he finds himself at the rear in this contest. All right. Well, the key to me here is where Animo will get to in the run from Barrier 9. I think we're seeing a pretty freakish horse here um, before our eyes. The run in the guineas was just sensational. I mean, that race rated so, so well for being a three-year-old contest over the, uh, the 1,600 metres. The sectional times were quite good, even though... They did go pretty hard, came home 35.09 and 11.82 for the last 200. But I am a little bit concerned to where he does get to, given where they might settle. And I think if it is too far back, even though it does carry just the 49.5 kilos, Craig Williams might have to get going pretty early on this horse. And I, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's quite brilliant enough to win a Cox Plate. From getting back there, we might throw to Billy. Billy, what were your thoughts on on the Cox Plate? Yeah, I'm sort of agreeing with you there, Rob. On Animo, I'm a bit bit skeptical about where it's going to get to. Um, the win in the Guineas was unbelievable, and as you said, the ratings are impressive. Um, I'm just I'm a bit worried about 
previous form of Guineas winners heading to mm. the Cox Plate. So I had, I had a quick look today. Um, the last one was Long John in 2013 who went to the Cox Plate. He finished seven lengths ninth. Um, obviously all too hard in 2012, finished second Ocean Park. But since, you know, really that's the only one of recent times that's done any good uh, jumping up to the uh, 2040 around the valley. So I'd be very sceptical of Animo. It could just come out and be the best, but um, it's not where I'm looking at the moment. All right. Tim, what were your initial thoughts on this race? Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to be kind of the opposite. I think Animo is a great chance in this race. Uh, he's he's actually my top selection. If he didn't draw barrier 10, I'd be even more confident. But I, just having a look at him, he's such a specimen. Mm. He's just got a fantastic um, look about him. He's got a good head on him. He's uh, just rippling with muscle at the moment. And I think he's something very, very special. And just the way that James Cummings talks about him whenever he talks about him, I think this could be the horse that really puts James up there with his grandfather and father as some superior trainers. I mean, he's already shown himself that, but this could be the horse that really rockets him up there into uh, some of the most talked about trainers in history. This horse is going to be very, very special. Uh, he's he's buying, he's out of an Oaks winner. Um, and to do what he's done in those, over those sprinting trips, I think just shows mm. you how special this horse is. And he, he just seems so versatile. Um, any that race in the Guineas would have brought so many horses undone from the position he was in, and he still won. And mm. he just he just finds a way to win. This horse is a winner. I think he's incredibly special. The data out of that was enormous. And and Cummings said on the radio the other day that this is his race. They don't think he was a hundred percent for the Guineas, and now they're comfortable that he's reached that peak. Um, and we're going to see the best of him here, and that's scary. Uh, in a Cox plate where it's hard to know, it's hard to line up. You've got Very Elegant that had a misfired run a couple back. If, look, there's been excuses come out of that. You've had Zaki that just didn't fire last start either, possibly bounced back. Um, and a couple of internationals there where you're not really sure where they line up. Even Mawanga was um, was good in the Epsom but um, slightly disappointing and uh, face value. So I just feel like, look, Animo here, is uh, a very, very good chance. I don't know. Look, $4 is a little bit short for me at the moment. I'm not sure how I'm going to play in this race, but um, Animo is my top selection. Um, and Mawanga would be my second one. I think he get barrier four is going to be a big tick for him. He's going to find himself in a nice spot. In the Epsom, he was, he was just back too far. He was caught wide, had one of the biggest mid-race moves, and still finished off quite well in what was – a very, very high-rated Epsom also. So um, those are my top two selections. A couple of odds that I don't mind. Dale's son coming out of that same Epsom. I think he's well over the odds there. I'd probably have him marked around 20 to 1, not 67. So I think he's a uh, could be a little each-way bet if you like a big, long roughy. And also the state of rest, the Joseph O'Brien horse as well, I think is, is looks like it's pretty special. They've marked this race for this horse for a long time. And they've brought him here, not because he's been brought by owners of Australians, but but because they truly believe he can win the race. Uh, so they're my top four in this race. Yeah, look, interesting runner, state of rest. Got a bit of Adelaide to it, the t- 2014 winner, of course. When had a watch of that Saratoga Derby win from America today. 
and geez, it was impressive to the eye. Um, you know, anyone that's that watched American horse racing before knows that um, it can be a little bit up and down and definitely the commentary on the races is absolutely putrid. But I did a little bit of calculations in terms of the winning time that it won that that race in translated to running around about just inside of two minutes for a, a 2040 meter race, which obviously would be a, a race record. Um, so look, this horse could be pretty special. Um, obviously, there's a lot of unknown variables in terms of trying to um, see just how fast they did go in that Saratoga Derby, which was over the 1930 metres. But yeah, look, it would not shock at all uh, if that horse was to come out and run an absolute blinder on Saturday. Um, I'm going to switch up talking about the three-year-olds and go to the other one in the field, Captivon. I was all over this horse on Guinea's Day like a hobo on a ham sandwich and uh, it's run, it's run, <laughs> has not done anything to, uh, to deter me. I know Animo was just a little bit too brilliant for it on the day, but I do think that potentially he might be the better stayer and I think he's going to get to a better better uh, position in running coming from the inside there. And I think that, you know, he'll probably sort of, with uh, Yendel on board, he'll probably sort of be on the rail, possibly uh, one back. And I think that he'll get his opportunity and he just might, he might just be that sort of grinding horse who might be a little bit too brain for Animo. And it's $17. Um, I'm keen to find out. So I think I like just, Animo too. I like both the three-year-olds just before you jump in, Tim. But I think if I'm going to have a bet, I'm going to structure it so that I'm winning heaps if Captivant wins and I won't be losing if Animo wins. Yeah, Tim? look, I just wanted to ask you a question. You think that uh, Captivant's going to be the better stayer? He's out of Capitalist. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. Capitalist win a golden slipper. Uh, you, you won yeah. a Manicato, I'm pretty sure, too, or a Moya. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look I that up. I can't see a capitalist siring a horse that is a stayer. But look, I might be wrong. I can see why you'd say that, but I sort of, and I made the point on the podcast before the Guineas, we saw the best of this horse over 1,600 metres in, uh, in the autumn when it beat Hilal. Um, and then obviously we saw the best of it again at 1,600 metres when not many people gave it a chance. And I think. You know, it's seventeen dollars. We've got to find out whether it can run two thousand forty meters. But just to the eye, I thought it looked like a, a horse that could definitely grind and, and be pretty tough yeah. to run yeah. down in what we saw in the guineas. So I get what you're saying about its breeding. There's not much there to suggest, and it could be its undoing. But yeah, I, I think that at seventeen dollars, I see it a little bit overs, given the fact that it's going to get the gun run carrying forty nine and a half. Um, and then I just wanted to quickly talk about before we throw to Billy, who's probably chomping at the bit to give us what his thoughts are. The the Zaki Zaki three dollars currently. You can make a case for this horse being a two dollar rock solid favourite, or you can make the case that this horse should be somewhere about where Dallasan is in the market. And I'll tell you why. After that last run, you've got to sort of you've got to take the position on whether or not this horse was just a bit flat second up. And we'll bounce back here for its third grand up. final. Uh, third up, yeah, do make a mistake. Third up, of course, they had that first run in Sydney. Bit flat third up. Going to rebound for its grand final um, on Saturday. And if that's the case, then, you know, it's probably your $2 favourite. If it hasn't and it's still really flat coming off that shortened break in the, in the Queensland winter, then it had the, the races up there, then you might as well market fit. 
think I'm kind of leaning to the fact that middle its track work did look good at Mooney Valley, but I'm kind of leaning to the fact that I think this horse is uh, yeah, it is plateauing out the, the more now it gets into its uh, fourth up spring run. So I'll be happy to risk it. Um, but, I mean, obviously it would not shock at all. Now let's throw to Billy. What were your thoughts, of course, in the big one? Yeah, um, there's two that I like and only really – Going on recent runs, um, Moonga, I think, is my top pick. Um, yeah. A little bit disappointing in the Epsom. You did say before, Tim, but I think it was a bit of a gut-busting run out wide and um, and sort of, you know, narrowly beaten by incentivised two-back. So I think that's form that we can stick with, or I'll be sticking with, and I think Moonga's my top pick at $12 um, and you know, $3 to place, not a, not a bad sort of number there. Um, the other one I like, if it does run it, um, is Probabil. Um, again, with that sort of, uh, you know, that form, I, I, I actually backed nonconformist in the Caulfield Cup the other day to, to beat Incentivise, um, and I like that form. So I'm going to stick with those two as my, my top two, um, if Probabil can get a run. Yeah, obviously, Probabil, I think they've said, haven't they, that they'll scratch if it's a soft five or worse or, or worse than a soft five. So uh, that'll very much be dependent on the track. So uh, in summing up, uh, I'm pretty keen on the three-year-olds. Uh, Animo can definitely win, but I really do think that Captivant can run a huge race at $17. Tim is with Animo and uh, Billy likes both Mwanga and Probable if it gets the run. All right, well, boys, let's move back to race number one on the program, which is the English banner for the two-year-olds. Some of these have had a run, some are on debut, and Sneaky Five actually won this race this time last year, who, of course, goes around in the Manicato on Friday night as a uh, sneaky lightweight chance, and Equivocal is currently your favourite from the Busserton and Young team, $4.20 for Moat. From the price yard is $5.50. Noble, this horse cost an arm and a leg, currently $6. Idris is $6.50. The last one I'll read through is Red Rapid, but there's plenty of other horses, $10 or longer. Tim, difficult speed map to try and piece together, but what have you come up with? Yeah, look, Rob, the speed map with this one's very difficult. Obviously, being first starters, apart from the Wizard King, I'm really not sure how they're going to settle. Um, that that uh, horse there, Yak Yakutsk. Um, look, that's shown some speed in its race, so I think that'll probably go forward. The Wizard King has led in its trials that I've seen as well, and also was down the straight at Flemington, but it was it was forward in that race, so it might as well but go forward. But from Barry Eleven, maybe not. Uh, it's taking the blinkers off because it definitely raced really keen last start. Mm. Uh, look. I'm not really sure about how they're going to settle is the straight-up answer. So I'd be looking for them in the yard, looking at how forward they look, what sort of, uh, if you listen to any trainer interviews about the intent of the horse and how, when they think they're going to be at their best. Uh, one interview I have heard was of Mick Price talking about Bermote. Mm. And Got a bit of an opinion. He does have a bit of an opinion of this horse. I asked him what horse is the best of his of the whole Mini Valley Carnival, and he said, well, I'll be having some of my money on Bermote. Um, so, look, that's a, a, when a Mick Price two-year-old is going around and he's saying he's backing it himself, 
uh, look, that's enough for me to take a bit of notice. At 5.50 and 2.15, the place could be a bet there. Uh, this is a really, really hard three uh, two-year-old race, though, so my advice to punters is, is watch them go around unless you've got any sort of inside information from the stable. Um, another one that I don't mind is Red Rapid. For more reports, it's tried quite well. Noble also, fourth emergency, though, so probably doesn't get in the field. There has been one scratching to date at the moment. Number 12 comes out, so you'll see the 14 Miss Cinema Cider go in. But Noble, Noble's trialed really well. It's an Annabelle Nisham horse, so maybe uh, if that gets in the field, that could be a bet also. But, uh, yeah, at this stage, I'll be having Gamote on top and might have a little bit of a go each way at that based on Nick Price's opinion of it. Yeah, I heard this. I heard similar, but heard it from uh, from Mick Kent Jr. in relation to Pamote. They're pretty high on this horse, and I did watch its jump out, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very good. Got to the lead and and sort of uh, kicked on from there. Now, Noble, interesting runner, two point one million dollar purchase. Um, if it gets in the field, I know, and I heard Nisham talking about this horse. She's got a big opinion of it. So, if it gets in the field, which you'd have to say is unlikely. Um, I definitely think that horse probably starts closer to the $3 mark. And uh, just quickly, touching on the Wizard King, I think race experience for this horse could potentially um, be an advantage here. I've got no idea whether or not it's going to handle the valley. I didn't think it was horrible when it was uh, backed really, really well at that uh, run down the straight at Flemington. It it did fade over the last 200 metres, which probably a bit of a concern. But, uh, yeah, if it maybe settles a little bit more midfield, uh, yeah, potentially at $27 could be a bit of a knockout chance. I'm not sure as to um, really how to follow a Sean Maverick horse that he's got an opinion of, but uh, (laughs) I know that he does have one of this horse. So, yeah, potentially just, uh, yeah, one at a huge price to perhaps follow. Billy, did you have any thoughts in this two-year-old race? Uh not a lot of thought put into this one to start the day. It might be one, as uh, as we've said, to let them go around and see how the track's going. But um, one I did pick up uh, was the 10, Prairie Flower. Um, mm. Not really any reason other than I liked uh, what its um, dam produced, Leoti, until till retirement. Um, initially, she started off pretty good. Um, so I, I'm just going to have a little each-way play on the 10. Um, if it can follow that sort of start. But, yeah, very, very difficult start to the day. All right. Oh, punters, have a look at them in the yard. Make your own decisions. But, yeah, a few thoughts from us there in relation to the two-year-old race. All right, we move on to race number two in the program, which is the Open Ladbrokes Handicap over the 1,000 metres. And last year, Ancestry run the, won this race really well. Um, so, in terms of the market, you've got Starry Legend, who's had some real solid support from the Sadler Yard. $2.80 currently. Ranting is $5. Uh, Delexation, Delexation, I think I'm saying that right, is $7.50. Excess Funds is $8. Lunar Hero is $8.50. And the last one I'll read through free of debt is currently $9.50. The rest are $14 and longer. Tim, did you have a bit more of an idea of the speed map in this one? Yeah, a little bit more to work with here, Rob. I think Starry Legend goes forward from Barrier 2. That's shown pace in its races. A very raw sort of horse, but I think it will go forward there. 
Uh, free of debt, probably crosses over from Barrier 9 as well. Lunar Hero kicks up from Barrier 1. They look your leaders. Grand Blue Avenue sits behind the pace with excess funds. Delexation, Mossman's Gorge, I am Summon and Ranting towards the rear. Ranting perhaps sits a little bit more midfield from Barrier 3, but does get back in its races. All right, we might start with Billy, our backyard punter for this one. Billy, what were your thoughts as to race two on the program? Yeah, I really liked the win of Starry Legend um, at Mornington. Uh, sort of, I just thought it was really impressive the way it burst through there. Um, it just could be too speedy for these ones. But um, the only other one I would probably have a saver on is the Toppy Grandview Avenue, uh, just based on its form around the valley. Um but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at for this one. All right. Tim, what were your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's a tricky race. Again, I'm, my first advice is probably don't bet. Uh, <laughs> you've got – For a betting got, podcast, mate, you've got I to give know, the people something. Look, uh, look, okay, you're either going to go all in on Starry Legend that, as I mentioned, is a raw sort of horse, does a lot wrong in its races, but mm. does look to be winning on ability at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get a nice run. It could potentially control the pace of the race. One that I do think is definitely overs is Mossman's Gorge. I also had a bit of an opinion of Gemma Scotland, but um, so wait for that to come up next start. But it has Gemma Scotland scratched. scratched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just saying that. Wait for that next start. But that was going to be one of my each way bets here. The other one I did like was Mossman's Gorge. Jumps from four. Looks hard to know what it will do. does get back in its races, but might sit handy there. It was fourth in a 9.55 in March in the benchmark 90. Um, its second up stats are really quite good. It's got six starts second up for two wins, two seconds, and a third. It does look like it's, it's the 1,000 metres here is really going to suit. I do think it's really interesting that they bring it here down from Sydney, and I just, you know, there must be a bit of intent there. It feels to me like they've got this horse. They know it fires second up. They've brought it down here after a, a good running on race last start, and, yeah, I, I like the fact they've brought it down, but honestly, at $18, possibly an each-way bet there. It is a seven-year-old gelding, so I'm not getting too excited about it, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, look for me. It's either Starry Legend to win or Mossman Gorge each way. All right, well, a bit of value for you there, punters, with Tim's value selection. I thought ranting, clearly the class in this race. And uh, if you go back to when it was beaten first up last autumn, it's got done 2.7 lengths in an Oakley plate. Obviously, it's first up here um, for the Corsons team. Um, I'm a bit worried where that he might need the run. Uh, but if it comes here somewhat fit, I thought it could beat the favourite in terms of Starry Legend. So, um, look, yeah, not a race that I got a lot of confidence in, like a, a few on the program, but I definitely thought Ranting was the uh, was the class in this one. Well, it um, is, yeah, as you mentioned. Yeah. It comes out of the Coolmore, Oakley Plate, Toby Bronze, yeah. uh, beat yeah. 1.5 lengths by, by Ross or two back. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, this... Yeah, interesting runner yeah. for sure. Well, I suppose if you see some market support for it, I'll be I'll be chips in. Um, but currently, it's just a little bit easy in the market, I suppose, from the opening quote where Starry Legend is from the Sadler team, so they do back them if they like them. Um, so I mean, yeah, 
in terms of sectionals from that last win in, at Mornington, 34.06, did get a bit tired last 200, 12.18, yeah. which probably says that it's got some improvement second up, which I think you'll see. The billionaires since franked that form um, so over in Adelaide. So, yeah, couldn't uh, begrudge people that thought Starry Legend could win this race like both of you do, but I'll be with ranting. Uh, so in summing up, Starry Legend for Billy and Tim and ranting for myself. We might move on to race three, fellas, which is the listed Crockard Stakes for the Phillies. And last year, do you want to have a guess who won this race last year, Tim? A horse that I've got an opinion on that you so much perhaps don't. Oh, it was La Mexicana. It was La Mexicana. And currently in this race, you've got New York Baby, who is $3.90. Rubadira, who you have to say is pretty unlucky last start, $4. Our Heidi, interesting runner, $5.50. Larkspur Run, $6.50. Star Waltz is 11 And the horse that potentially might have the best turn of foot in the race, Nicolite, is $12. $16 or longer the rest. Tim, speed map for this one, please. Yes, Rob, speed map here. I think Dance Little Sister coming out of its last start win where it led all the way. I think it'll go and try and do that again here from Barrier 7. Looks to cross over with not a lot of other speed in the race. Star mm. Waltz might also try and find a way forward there from Barrier 9, not wanting to get too far back. you got Dream Queen kicks up from 3, New York Baby from 5 in the next lot with Luxburg Run, Our Heidi. Valley Nora, Robadera, look, had a lot of trouble last start. Probably doesn't want to get – it's not going to get caught in the fence this time, which is good. Uh, so probably slots in somewhere towards midfield, towards rear. Um, and Nikolai, I expect that to go back and probably look to finish strong. All right, Tim, kick us off. What were your thoughts in this race? Yeah, another race I'm not really overly keen to play in. I've written here on my notes, no bet. Uh, <laughs> but then I've gone back and I've had a bit of another look and – Couple here at eight at long odds that I think I'm going to play. I'm I'm happy to look past that that race there, the Robadera New York Baby race. Um, look, I know I know New York Baby did split the two that have gone to the Manicato. Yeah, but it got a good setup. So, in the but race. it did. It was it was slung shot into the race after a big late slowdown there by the leaders. So it was it did look like it was enhanced in that race. Robidera was held up, but, I mean, they did put the brakes on, so I think anything sitting in that position probably would have been held up. Mm. So, look, a little bit of a question mark on, on the horse, but sectionals were still pretty good. Got out and it came home. Mm. It was probably entitled to after after um, being held up. Mm. Uh, I don't really um, – Star Waltz was in a very similar position. was also quite badly held up, and that's $12. Um, didn't look a lot of difference to my eye, but could be wrong. Um, I'm – I'm uh, looking to play on Nikolite each weight. Nikolite was the fastest last 200 of the meeting last start. Mm. So I I appreciate any horse that can run the fastest last 200 of a meeting, even though this was at Mornington. Mm. I still I still respect that. There's a lot of horses that go around in a meeting, and to run the fastest last 200, well, that's, that's decent effort. Was sitting eleventh at the four hundred and came home and won. That's that's impressive, and that came out at New York Baby Race on a day where it was on pace dominated, and it jumped fourth, it sat fourth, and it finished fourth. Nicolite. So I wouldn't read much into the fact that New York Baby beat it two back. 
I think it's a great each way bet. The other one I like at big odds is the Dance Little Sister. It ran quite well last start down there at um, and it it just Bandstar, looks like a horse. I think it was yeah, Bandstar. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it just looks like a horse that's uh, I don't know progressive. I like Buston Young. I always seem to find him. Gets Huey Bowman on board. It'll lead. Huey's a great judge of pace. Could pinch this one at long odds. Seventeen dollars and four forty the place. Could hold on. This, this strong. This race doesn't look overly strong. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking to play a couple each way in this. Yeah, look, I I can follow you in there with Dance Little Sister. Uh, pretty impressive on the clock. Did slow down, of course, when it had the uh, had a bit of a buffer on him right at the end. But yeah, pretty impressive. I thought going through that sneaky five race form. Uh, that Larkspur run is probably the underrated runner to take from that race. I thought that it was the one that was up on speed and kept on to some extent, whereas obviously uh, New York Baby, you know, did get slingshotted into that race and did run well. And Robadira, I know that a lot of people are talking about how unlucky she was, and, and there's no doubt that that she was, but in saying that, I thought that she could have potentially finished off a little bit better than she did there was a bit of a gap there towards the last sort of 150 and I didn't think that that she really did take that gap so I mean if the rain comes I thought that will only advantage Larkspur run um so I mean at 650 if I was going to have a bet in this race I thought that it potentially represented the value and the other one that I want to talk about our oh, Heidi a very interesting runny, runner from the Stokes team in terms of ran second on debut back in June at Sandown to Ranveer, of course. Sectionals in that race were pretty good considering it was a heavy nine that day. Um, obviously, unknown how it's going to go on a uh, potentially yeah, soft track. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought that uh, it could potentially have a little bit of X factor and, uh, yeah, I mean, New York baby definitely wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if that horse was to win third up as well. So that's the sort of way that I was thinking at the moment. Billy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like one here. I like uh, Rubadira. I thought it was really drastically held up there, and I think I reckon it would have won that race uh, last start. Um, I do like uh, Nicolite if... Dance Little Sister goes real hard up front. I think Nicolite could uh, copy what it uh, produced at Mornington and storm over the top, which we yeah. can see um, occur at, at the Valley um, quite yeah. often. So they're my two. I really like Robadier. It's probably my best of the day. Um, I think it's just yep. going to sit sort of midfield and go around the turn and, and win. But um, if, it, if they go hard up front, watch for Nicolite uh, storming late. Yeah. Definitely can't fault you there. Robert Deere could could absolutely come out and win this. I might just be, uh, yeah, talking a few furfies in terms of uh, what it did last start. Um, the other thing too, just to touch on with Larkspur Run, is it was second two starts back here to Ceridus at the track, so it doesn't mind the track. Um, yeah, all right. Well, boys, not a lot of confidence, it's fair to say, except for, of course, Billy, who's pretty keen on Robert Deere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Larkspur run for me. And, Tim, you're with Nicolite. Yep. Each way, of course. Yep, Nicolite and Dance Little Sister each way. Uh, but, um, yeah, take note there, punters. Uh, backyard punter here, Billy. Better of the day on Robadira, so ooh, maybe worth following. All right. Well, race number four on the program is the Group 3 Red Anchor for the three-year-olds. 
and Portland Sky won this race last year and, of course, has gone on to win some bigger races than this. And Dosh is currently your $3.30 favourite. Generation has had some serious support in from $4.40 into $3.60. Mornington Glory is $7.50. Sudoku is $8.00. Etheric is 10 and the last one I'll read is Scissor Step, who's 12. The rest are 15 or more. Tim, talk us through what you see happening here in this race. Yeah, Link, you're obvious leader here. You could guess it. Dosh um, does love to lead. Led last start in a brilliant front running ride. We'll probably try and do something similar again. This is a little bit further though than last start, so we'll see how she, if she can hang on or not. Might be mm. interesting. Uh, I also expect Tadware to come up on the inside there. Generation likes to go forward from seven. Scissor Step from nine will also want to not get far back. It's always sits handy in its races. Mornington Glory slots in beside behind those with Athelric, Sudoku, and uh, he's exceptional. Daily Bugle probably at the rear there. All right. Well, we might kick start with Billy. What were your thoughts in this race? I really like Generation here. Um, I think it had a pretty tough run last start and stuck on pretty nicely. I'm hoping for an easier run this time around, but I think, um, and you can see by the uh, the price there, I think there's a fair bit of support for this, and I really like it with um, McDonald on board on Saturday. The only other one I did sort of like the look of, even though it got beaten by quite a long way last start, was Scissor Step. Um I reckon it was three wide the trip. I reckon if it gets a bit of a softer run, it could surprise and not a bad bet at $3.50 to place. For sure. Well, I'm pretty keen here on uh, on Dosh third up. I thought she was as brave as an anti-vaxxer in a COVID ward last start, the way that she uh, <laughs> she stuck on. <laughs> um, look, the sectionals, the sectionals would back that up as well. That's it. That's it on fire. 33.84 and 11 77 coming home given what she did off that obviously hot tempo that she set out in front um could she be a bit flat off that run it's 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 possible of course and i mean the big talking point is the step to step up to 1200 i know that a lot of punters are keen to lay her given the fact that she doesn't seem to finish off her races and she's up to the 1200 meters but i thought that if geordie charles and I, i think he's a pretty good rider of speed I thought if he could get to the front and just get her going at a nice even tempo that she could have plenty left in the locker as they round the bend and and she might really take some chasing. And I've got no doubt that that's obviously going to be the discussion in terms of the speed she's going to race at. I don't think she'll go as quick as she has in her first couple of starts, especially last start at Caulfield. And, you know, last start, a a pretty handy one beat her, of course, in terms of... um, uh, Sabah to XL that goes around on Friday night as as the current favourite in the uh, Manicado. So I was really keen on it. Uh, Mornington Glory I thought was the biggest danger. Um, yeah, I think going back round to Ben will will help this horse. And one of odds that I think can run a race because seems to be able to do that at this track and distance is. Uh, he's exceptional. I know it's a bit of a step up, but yeah, he's always competitive at Mooney Valley. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, running into a, a top three, top four position. So definitely one for your multiples. Tim, how did you see it? Yeah, kind of similar. 
to Billy, I guess. Um, I quite like that form, that last race there, that generation was in. Hmm. Um, and after Rick two starts back, I look my new Marino. I wouldn't go by the fact that that one. I think it just pinched that race with Arthur Rick caught well back in the run and Generation three wide the trip did did fade a little bit there late Generation, but it was was entitled to. I think Arthur Rick should definitely be closer in the market at ten dollars and two ninety the place at the moment. It's uh, mm. criminal odds. This horse just keeps on giving. I don't think it it didn't handle the fourteen hundred. Listen to James Cummings on the radio. He mentioned that. Uh, back to the 1,200, definitely will suit. Of course, he ran on really, really well in that McKenzie race that was won by his exceptional. Who, mm. Yeah, you make a good point, Rob. Never runs a bad race this track and distance. So he's exceptional. Um, at $4 the place, he can do worse. Mm. Uh, look, and scissor step as well. I thought he, his run last start was full of a lot of merit in a race that was – dominated by Extreme Warrior and Profiteer. So the margin of 7.5 lengths, I wouldn't get too concerned about that because those two just blew the rest of the field away. He was probably the best of the rest. Um, so I don't mind scissor step either, but I'm with Athelric each way here. It's a bet for me, Athelric each way. All right, there you go, punters. So I'm with Dosh and Billy is pretty keen on Generation. All right, we move on to the next race on the program, which is race number five, the Group 2 for the Phillies. And it's over the 1,600 metres. And last year, yes, baby, yes, won this race. And currently, your favourite for this race is Heresy, who's $3.30. Fortunate Kiss coming out of the 1,000 guineas as well is four forty. Now, here's an interesting runner to try and... Um, yeah, stuck up compared to the two favourites in Maracana, who's five fifty. What a fox is nine fifty. Vianello, after its win last week, is eleven dollars, and of course it beat in that race. Stern Impulse, who's eighteen dollars. Uh, rest of the market, you've got uh, Malu- Maluka Malula. I always mispronounce that horse. <laughs> is eighteen dollars, and the rest are nineteen dollars or more. So, Tim. What did you see happening here in terms of speed map? Yeah, Gay Waterhouse's horse. I like big putts. think that'll go forward. Interesting name. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, named after a golfer like yourself there, Bill. Um, <laughs> Makalula might, might make it, take advantage of barrier three, go forward. What a fox. The Amazonian also push up and go forward. Uh, the rest... There's not a lot of speed, so they might just sort themselves out there. Testa Rock, Vianello, Heresy, Bring Me Flowers, Stern Impulse, Maracana, Fortunate Kiss. Uh, not the great barrier for Fortunate Kiss. Might find trouble again. And Native Girl doesn't look to show a lot of pace at the rear. All right. Billy, what were your thoughts in this race? Um, I am trusting in D Oliver here, guys. I think... He had a pretty impressive win on Vianello on um, on last Saturday, but he's he's sticking with Heresy, which he's been riding for a while now, and I think it's going to bounce back after that um, disappointing run, but I'm happy to forgive, and I think Heresy wins this one. Yeah, you absolutely have to forgive that run. I mean, it was checked really hard around the bend in that 1,000 guineas, and, and I really think as I went back and watched that replay a couple of times that it definitely could have run top three if it uh, – if it hadn't have nearly fallen over just at the top of the straight there or as they rounded the bend. Um, 
do I want to take the 330? I don't think so. I really don't have a lot of confidence in this race at all when you've got to try and, and match up some of these form lines and, and what they've been doing on the clock. It's a very, very difficult race. Um, I will also say on Heresy, like, I mean, it hadn't done a lot wrong in terms of if you dismiss that Guineas run, it's second to Bonds Abroad, who I think is a pretty good horse over 1,400 metres. Um, you know, reads pretty well for this. Um, and then obviously pass form, pretty competitive in some nice races against some nice horse. does have a bit of a reputation now, though, must be said, having the six starts for one win is a bit of a non-winner. But possibly it does get its chance on a Saturday. Um, look, fortunate kiss. It was working home all right uh, in that 1,000 guineas run. I think I think probably staying at the 1,600 metres is what that horse needs to win. So it could definitely uh, wouldn't surprise to see it winning. Um, I find it hard, though. Like Vianello didn't really do much on the clock with Stern Impulse uh, last, last week, but it is on the quick backup. Um, you'd probably make a small case for it, $11. But, Tim, how did you see him? Uh, I'm pretty keen on Fortunate Kiss. It's, yep. uh, you mentioned before that it worked home okay. I don't know, maybe you need to rewatch the footage, mate. It's taken <laughs> out by, like, an absolute truck. Yeah. Um, well, people think the that Heresy had bad luck. This horse, goodness gracious. Uh, it, it's lucky to still be here with us. The stewards report read, Titan for room when building momentum. Um, almost on the canvas. Well, they didn't say that, but <laughs> it's look for mine. It was going to win that race. I think it should have won the race. It was held up terribly. It was building momentum brilliantly. Uh, $4.40 is steel. The other one that I don't mind each way. Look, just rewind a little bit. Fortunate kiss. Barrier 11 is the only issue. Was for Barrier 11, I'd be declaring it a moral. Uh, but I still think it's 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 my very good bet in this race. Uh, Test the Rock. Yeah, this is a horse. Twenty seven dollars and six fifty. Absolutely flew home last start. Blinkers go on. The race has had some good form with a couple of others out of the race winning. It was the fast second fastest last two hundred of the meeting. Uh, the fastest two hundred of that day was Nicolite. Um, and that ran over a sprint distance, whereas this horse ran in the 1500 and was the second fastest 200 of the day. Uh, Jaws Barrier 4, Craig Williams on board, gets the blinkers on first time. Yeah, I, I think that's a great each-way bet in what looks not a very strong race. So test the rock each way as a saver, but going to have a nice bet on Fortunate Kiss. All right, there you go, punters. Tim, pretty keen with Fortunate Kiss. Billy and myself are with Heresy. As we move on to race number six on the program, always I feel on Cox Plate Day when this race rolls around, you know it's about to get serious. It's the Crystal Mile, the Group 2 contest over the 1,600 metres. Homesman was your winner of this race last year. And Elephant is your favourite currently, $2.70. Buffalo River, this horse is run was up third. Sorry, I should say, I'll start again. It is having its third run in three weekends, which is something this horse just doesn't do, and it's $3.60. Embolism, holy smokes, this horse is into four eighty now. When I last looked, it was Whoa. still around $7. Best of Days is 11 Romancer is also 11 and Rhinoceros, interesting placement for this runner from the Brown camp as well, is uh, $19, and uh, Just a Folk, Best of the Rest at 21 but... 
I am glad now that I chucked my or I chucked 30 bucks on embolism at $7 before because it has been absolutely crunched. Tim, how did you see them settling here? Sorry, mate. I'm just trying to recover. I didn't, I didn't get on. Uh, oh, mate. <laughs> missed out. This podcast, it was paying $7.50. It's now $4.80, punters. This is extreme. Uh, and I don't, and I can understand why this sauce. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Tim, as I map. just as I just is he about to do the speed map? I don't know what's going on here, but it's back out to five fifty. So clearly, okay. some pretty strong fluctuations around okay. apparently in the market. Someone must have just absolutely smacked it. Uh, must have. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't your thirty dollars wrong. No. Man, it moves markets. Uh, look, um, yeah, the uh, Savannah Stakes here with the Buffalo, the Rhinoceros and the Elephant, and they look to be your first three leaders in this race. Um, Buffalo River with a leader. Rhinoceros has had great success going forward. Don't know if the Buffalo will let the Rhino lead, though, so might <laughs> just uh, slot in there with the Buffalo. The Elephant sits just behind them there with best of days cutting across from Barrier 10. Uh, just folk up from three pushes forward. Be good to your mother. Look seven. Barry seven. This horse goes back sometimes. Goes forward the other time. So it may, may, may push forward and sit one at one back, or it may tuck in just behind there on the next to just folk behind that lot. Then you got embolism and romancer. The next couple with impecunious at the rear. All right. Well, let's talk about embolism. It's the first horse I want to talk about, and I think it's the horse you want to talk about too, Tim. I'm convinced that the Turak form is what we need to follow here. It does rise sharply at the weights and probably you could argue that it gets in pretty pretty bad given its its rating in at the weights, but it only gives Elephant two kilos when you have a look at the weight turnaround from that race. Um, I thought the run last start was absolutely sensational, a race that absolutely rated through the roof. I can read you at sectional times, but I think, that probably doesn't tell the uh, the whole picture of just how you know brutal that race was and just how it did rate. Third up as a four-year-old, I think this horse is clearly the one to beat given what we saw in the Turak where it was back and wide and just worked home to the line really, really well. 34.55 and 11.92, the last 200 metres. Uh, it's definitely on top for me. Tim, you yeah. were with me as well, weren't you? Yeah, embolism here I think is my best each way of the day, although it was when it was seven fifty. Now that oh. it's uh, in those odds under two dollars, it might just become a win bet. Um, yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. Doesn't get in that well at the weights, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. Draws barrier six in a field that's not overly big, so every horse here should get a chance. Mm. It was really super in that race. Just was sitting behind Elephant and just went right past it. Uh, yeah. That's anything to go on. Um, yeah, that looked pretty impressive to me. It's third up in a race where there's a lot of other horses here that have been in for quite a prep. So Embolism is the fresher horse, which is definitely a big advantage in my opinion. Big, big advantage, especially this time of the year. You want to be looking for those fresher horses and not getting too carried away with the form of sometimes better horses, but they are at the end of their prep. Uh, Embolism did have the ultimate gear change in being gelded this prep. So this prep has all been as a gelded horse. I know it was a bit of a head case. Whereas a colt, 
uh, showed a lot of ability, never quite putting it all together. I think we might see it put it all together here um, without the meat and two veg. Could just go on. <laughs> Got the meat but no two veg. Uh, could, I think it's going to win this race, yeah. That's one of my better bets of the day. Obviously, you've got to respect Elephant as well. Um, I think the reason the market moved quite heavily there before, Rob, was the scratching of second slip, which has come out because um, Elephant's yep. been wound in also from $3 to $2.70. Um, I, I still do have a lot of time for Elephant, but in this race, I'm all about embolism. And another one that I didn't mind was uh, second slip, but he's been scratched, so forget about that. Yeah, I think look, I anticipated embolism coming in anyway, which is why I just wanted to chuck a bit of money on it now, which I don't usually do. But uh, Billy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Elephant at the risk of um, suggesting another favourite, but um, I'm with <laughs> Elephant purely because I'm looking back to the the run in the Fian where it just got pipped by Superstorm, but 1600 metres around the valley, I love I love horses that can perform track and distance and uh, that was really impressive to me. I thought last start, yes, it was a bit disappointing, but I think this is a bit of a drop back in uh, in quality and I'm happy to stick with it. Um, the only other option is Buffalo River. If the rain comes and it's and it's a uh, leader bias, it's going to be very hard to good point to um, to yeah. get past Buffalo River. But I I don't think the rain's going to come as much as others may think. So I'm with Elephant. Embolism um, will run well and probably the biggest threat for mine. Yeah, look, Elephant can obviously definitely improve of what it did in that Turak. It was just sat wide as well and yeah just sort of yeah few went past it but it wasn't a bad run by any means and i think should sit a bit handier given it's from barrier two and we'll sort of get that cart uh into the race of course by buffalo river now the other the other horse i wanted to quickly talk about for your multiples was romance up horse does mix its form a little bit but on its day its figures can compete with anything in this race um up to 1,600 metres. Um, yeah, look, I, I think that uh, it could definitely run a race, top three, top four chance. Um, pretty cons- Been a bit more consistent of late too, and it's one from two at the uh, track at Mooney Valley, so you can definitely handle it. Um, and just on Buffalo River, I think you just have to wait to see what happens in terms of the track. I don't think he's a betting proposition if it's uh, a soft five or better. But if it's a soft six and worse, I think it comes into your calculations. Albeit, I do worry that this horse over sixteen hundred meters just yeah might gas out a little bit. And I look at its uh, its form in terms of its uh, runs that it's had over these sixteen hundred meters. It's one from four, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was good last week, but just to the eye, it still seemed like that yeah potentially the extra two hundred meters might not suit. All right, so in summing up, uh, Tim and I are pretty keen on embolism and Billy, of course, is keen on uh, elephants. So we move on to the next race on the program, which is race number seven, which is the Group 2 Vars over the Cox Plate distance of the 2,040 metres. And Cherry Tortoni was your winner of this race last year. Now, this is a... uh, yeah. 
a bit of a surprise race, I must say, I think, for, for Forgot You to be running in, given it's only a week out from the derby. But clearly uh, the horse the market wants, $1.75 currently, so it's even come on in from the last time I looked at the market. Black Comb is currently $9. Akihiro is $12. Villadin for the Waller team is $13. Spirit of Gaylord. Uh, $18. Good uh, good story behind the naming of this horse in terms of Rob Gaylard, who passed away. Jungle Magnate is $20, and the last one I'll read through is Summercand, who is $23. Tim, where did you see them settling here over the Cox Plate distance? Yeah, look, probably uh, Sharper does like to go forward. I think it will go forward again, although from Barry 8, might be a little bit hard to do a little bit of work. Samarkand also has run forward in its races from barrier one, probably looks to kick up there. Commander Harry from three also go forward. Uh, other than that, there's a few there that will just sort themselves out based on the barrier. You've got Billiton will slot in there. Akihiro, El Rocco, Akira, Cheerful Moment, Jungle Magnate, uh, Black Home, Patton, Spirit of Gaylord, Forgot You, Capital Legend, Antonio Giovanni at the rear. All right, Tim, kick us off in this race. What do you like? I reckon I know what you do like. Tell us why it can win. Oh, well, forgot you. I mean, you'd be mad if you don't like it. This horse is coming out of the, one of the strongest guineas in, a, in many years. Uh, it's still battled on really, really well. It actually hit the line, looking at the sectionals, it hit the line just as good as Animo and better than Captive Hunt. So this horse was getting stronger and stronger towards the end. This race, that race goes for another 100 metres. This horse definitely places. Ran sixth, but it was steaming home. Extra 2,000, uh, extra, up to 2,000 definitely suits. Uh, he's he's won at this track twice from two two goes at it. Getting out of a distance is only going to suit him. He's by Savabila, Cox Pape winner. This is a 2040-metre race. And he's going to relish this. I think I can't see him losing at all. But uh, oh. in saying that, dollar seventy-five is starting to get very, very short, very short. <laughs> and uh, if I was looking to play another one each way, if I didn't want to take those odds, I'd be going Black Home each way or Villadin each way. Both who get blinkers first time, and I love that gear change in a three-year-old stayer. All right. Well, Billy, what were your thoughts on this race? <laughs> Can anything beat Forgot You? Seriously? Um, hard, hard to find something. Yeah, I mean, maybe Black Home. It got held up last start at Morfordville, but I mean, seriously, this is this should be should be too good for them. And I don't think it's a betting proposition at a dollar seventy five. It was, I think, it was a dollar ninety or two dollars earlier, which might have might have sucked us in. But a dollar seventy five, I think, we'll we'll watch this one go around and wait for the. Wait for the big ones to come. Yeah, look, the only thing that I can see that can beat this horse is position in running and intent. Um, I think it, it does, doesn't does want to obviously sit three wide given what it's got coming up next week. I think from, uh, from barrier nine, they'll sort of get back and, and slot in quite conservatively, which might see this horse get back. So just given where it might be in the run, um, I think that's the only thing that can beat it. When I was going through the form of the others, I, I definitely can't find anything that can beat it. Look, the horse the horse is tough. We know that. Um, I'm really keen on him for, for Derby Day. I suppose with this race, you maybe look for something that you might be able to, to 
uh, put in for your trifectas and maybe a same race multi. And I thought that horse was Akihiro. Um, so I think the way I'll play this race is I'll have Forgot You top one and Akihiro to run top three. So that should hopefully get you around about $4, $4.50. So that might be the way I play this race. I thought fifth in the stand Fox was okay. Step up to 2,040 metres should be okay for this son of Maurice. Um, interesting too, this runner's got some uh, Alingi bloodlines through it. So its grandma was actually uh, was Alingi. So, um, yeah, well-bred horse. Um, thought it could get also a really good run, of the, run, run position in running, I should say, from, from barrier six given where they should settle. So, yeah, I was pretty keen on this horse down from Sydney. All right, so all obviously pretty keen on Forgot You there. So we'll move on to race number eight, and you know this time of the day things are starting to get really, really exciting because you've got the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, of course, into the Cox Plate. This race is now worth a million dollars, so in terms of uh, its position in the spring calendar, it's now a, a race that a lot of horses go to, um, probably in a way, probably uh, takes a few horses out of the Geelong Cup potentially who who might go here instead. And uh, Floating Artist, after a, I must say, disappointing third last start when a heavy favourite, is your $3.30 favourite. Pondus, second up again in Australia, is $3.80. Harpo Max is $5.50. Luna Flare is $11. Secret Blaze is $15. Miami Bound, well, currently $18, but if the track was to get really wet, then that would bring her price in. Lavon de D, Lavon. Ladon the V, I should say, is $26. <laughs> and the last one I'll read through is Attorney, who's at $26. Tim, uh, over the 2500 where do you see them settling? Yeah, just before I read the speed map out, Pundas, if you're hanging on for our quaddy numbers, we will say those at the end. Um, so tune in for those at the very end. Uh, Ladon the V, I think we'll go forward here. Good idea. Floating artist, uh, Starcaster, will sit in behind them. Starcaster sometimes does love to lead as well, so he could just go half a leather and take over the leading here. But I think well, Don DeVee might have a crack at leading in this one. Uh, behind those, I expect Pondus to settle and Secret Blaze. You've got Future Score Sound working its way across from a wider barrier. Um, you got Lunar Flare also kicking up there from five. Harpo Marx from four, Attorney from one, Miami Bound and the good fight probably go towards the rear there. All right. Well, we might kick off with Billy in this race. Billy, what were your thoughts here over the uh, the in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you guys will agree. Pondus deserves to be right up there, and I think it I think it can lead the whole way in this one, but. I'm actually not going to have a bet on Pondus. Um, mm. I'm going to have a bet on Lunar Flare each way. I think, I think it's last start at Mornington. It had, a, I think Mickey D rode it perfectly. He knew he had a lot of horse under him over the 2,400 meters there. Step up to 25, but I think um, he can sit back there and launch at them around the corner. And um, that's my bet there each way. I like Floating Artist, but as you said, a bit of a disappointing um, third last start. Um, but yeah, uh, Lunar Flare for me each way. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, look at Pondus. Um, I thought it'd take a lot of improvement off that first run. It was the uh, first run it's actually had in about four months since its last start in uh, Ireland. And 
it was scratched the uh the start prior which uh yeah, a bit controversial there in terms of the the Stewarts and scratching it for that run beforehand. So I think it needed the run. Um, it's currently twenty fifth in the order of entry for the Melbourne Cup, so it probably gets a run. But um, they might want to win. I think there might be a bit of intent there. I mean, the race is worth a million dollars, so you'd think there'd be quite a bit of intent there. Um, yes, look, you look through that last race. Look, it wasn't going at a at a massive clip in terms of when it was setting the pace in that race, but still entitled to so obviously fatigue in that last sort of two, 300 metres, which it did. So I thought it was going to take some improvement. And the other horse that I was pretty keen to, to bet on as well to make sure I wasn't losing in the race was Harpo Max. So I thought it was absolutely excellent in its last start in that Metropolitan where it followed home Montefilia and just sort of ducked in on the inside and had a bit of traffic. It's currently 36th in the order of entry and obviously coming down for this race. So there's a huge amount of intent there if it's uh, looking to uh, run in a Melbourne Cup. Um, it's never been down to Victoria, but prior to going to Sydney in the Bjorn Baker Yard, it, it did obviously run over uh, in, uh, in Europe, in England. So uh, the Melbourne way of going shouldn't be a, uh, a massive issue. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think that that's a that's a horse that I definitely am keen to keep on side as well. Tim, how did you see it? Yeah, look, I'm just going to quickly touch on the order of entry here because I think that's got a bit of intent uh, to do mm. with how these runners are going to go and, and how hard they're going to go and if mm. they're going to want to win. Um, you got the Don De V at 24 in the order of entry at the moment. Um, you have. Uh, where is Pondus? Pondus, Pondus is twenty-five. Yeah, so Pondus is going to need a win as well, and so those two definitely need to win. You've also got Future Score a little bit further down. They're at twenty-nine that needs to win. Um, Attorney is twenty-three, possible chance there. Harpo marks thirty-six in the order of entry. Um, so there's a there's a lot of runners here that definitely need to win this race. Um, the only ones that are already in the field is Miami Bound is already in the field. And I think that's it from this race. Uh, Miami Bound, yeah, already in the field. So the others, not going to be, they're going to be really trying to battle it out there. Look, Fighting Artists tried to get in the Caulfield Cup. That didn't work out. Uh, I can't have it again. I didn't want to be on it that day at Caulfield in the Coongee. I didn't want to be on it before it was scratched in the start before either. I, look, it's coming. This form just really isn't that good. I don't know what the hype is about this horse. Look, the hunters can keep keep it short because it just makes everything else get a better price. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I honestly don't understand the form. I, I, it baffles me every time it goes out. But look, all right. Well, you're right. I've just got it here. So you've got a beat Kulf, who was second. Yeah, well, the done? Nothing. Defibrillate, same, similar anyway. And Skyman, who's, uh, yeah, hasn't been in as good a form as it was last year. Yeah. So you make some good points. The $3.30 just seems very short. They might might stop finally betting on it after this race, Rob. Uh, Yeah, Pondus, it's going to be a lead all the way job. This is my bet of the day, Punters. It's going to jump from barrier three. It's going to lead. It's going to make it a superior staying test. This is a horse that will eat up 
around about 2,800 metres. So 2,500 is magnificent for it. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of improvement. If you remember back to its start uh, last time it was in Australia, obviously it was over here in 2020 and then went back to England for a few races, including the Curra Cup where it was second, over 2,800. Uh, but going back to its last start, last time here in the Bendigo Cup, it ran second. And then it went on and ran – it was trying to get in the Melbourne Cup. Didn't get in. Then ran ran, ran uh, in the Queen Elizabeth instead. And it was uh, moral beaten that day by a length. But it was a massive improver on its previous start. So I think that this horse is going to be much better this time around, much better second up. And it ran like a horse that just really, really needed the run. I thought you mentioned before you didn't think it wanted a good clip in the Bart Cummings. I thought it wasn't a good clip, and it was entitled oh. to blow out there. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, it, it was strong enough, but they were sitting around those two hundred meter sectionals, around sort of twelve eighty um, was around the average. So it was solid enough for a twenty five hundred yeah. meter contest. Yeah, I thought it was solid enough. Uh, the other one, Bill's already mentioned it, Luna Flair. This horse is airborne at the moment. Just, just really. Riding really, really, running really, really well. And I think it's a great chance there at something at odds also. So, yeah, for me, Pondus on top. Harpo marks, it definitely comes out of a high-rating uh, metro, metropolitan. So that's my second pick, and Luna Flair would be my third pick. All right, well, there you go. So Sim and myself actually have the uh, agree on the first three, Pondus, Harpo, Max, and Luna Flair. And Billy is pretty keen each way on Luna Flair to run a big race. All right. Well, we've already looked at the Cox Plate. So we'll move on to the last on the program, which is the uh, Group 3 Tessio Stakes for the Mayors. And last year's Sovereign Award was your winner of this race. And Anavisto is currently your favourite at $4.20. Only words, dual acceptor for a race on Friday night, as well as this one, is currently five fifty, but might come out. Starrell is $7. More Profits is $10. Grace and Harmony down from Sydney is $11. Magna Bella is $13. And the last one I'll read through is Flying Mascot, who is currently $15 as well. The uh, the rest are, well, actually, I'll read Ilafar is $14. It was showing up as, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's shorter than Flying Mascot. So there you go. It's $14. Tim, where did you see them settling in the last race here on the program? Yep, flying mascot. Interesting runner. Uh, it sometimes goes forward, sometimes back. I think it might try and make up for last start and push forward from barrier twelve. And a Visto from eleven will come across as well. Likes the lead. Equimedical doesn't want to get too far back either. So from seven will be going up on the pace there. The Lude from one make the most of that barrier there in number one. Push up on the fence. Magna Bell comes across. It's just behind the pace there. Should look to get a nice run. Only Words also in there. Might get stuck on the rail, which isn't great for this horse, but also may not run in the race. Uh, Princess Jenny push across the midfield. Then you've got a few there that really like to go back in their runs. Uh, you've got Star Owl, Grace of Harmony, Grace of Harmony, More Profits, Good and Proper, Vanna Girl, Kiss and Cry, Illafar, and All Hallows Eve will be at the rear. All right. Well, Tim, why don't you kick us off in this wide-open affair for the Mayors? Who do you like? I'm pretty keen here 
on one at each way Oz at Illafard. It's run last start on the Thousand Guineas Day. Was really exceptional. It had it had the and I'm just having a look back here at the sectionals. It was held up behind Good and Proper in that race. It also goes around here, but it was the fastest last. Get ready for this, punters. Six hundred, four hundred, and two hundred of the day. Elafar was. Uh, look, this is a horse that has run around in some some good quality New Zealand races. Of course, it ran ninth in the New Zealand Oaks, fourth in the New Zealand Derby, and sixth in the Avondale Guineas. They're all top-quality New Zealand races. Comes over here in a, in a race there to benchmark 84 and just absolutely motors home, over 1,400. It's only going to relish getting out over a mile. For, it gets barrier six here. Should get a nice run in there behind the pace. $14 and $4.20 is a fantastic each-way bet. So I'm pretty keen on that each-way. I also like uh, Anna Vista. I'm going to give another chance to. I thought she's going to be improved up um, at the mile. There's a few people that query her at the mile. Nick Price said that he's today on the radio that he thinks it's, she's, she's going to relish getting out to a mile. Um, she comes out of arguably some of the stronger form going into this race. And I thought she ran maybe just a little bit flat third up off what was a race where um, it was quite hot on pace and I think she just blew out of fitness late there. Her sectionals were really good up until that last 200 where she really conked out. Another one here, big odds, that I think is a great each-way bet is more profits. It flew home last start. It was 11th at the 400-metre mark and ran second in the angst there in Randwick. Uh, how this thing is ten dollars and three thirty, I don't know. Uh, but that's another great each way bet for mine. If you bring in the Sydney form line down there too, so yeah, for me, Ilafar, Anavisto, and more profits look like some main plays here. I'm going to wait and see how the track's playing. Obviously, this is the last race, but definitely look to include those in your quarter and don't leave them out. All right, Billy, what were your thoughts? Okay, yeah, guys, um, Ecumenical is one of mine. I saw it pop up in this race, but I have to say I'm I'm sacking it. Um, it's been one of mine for a while, and it just hasn't uh, given me much of late. But uh, one I do like here, again, look, uh, looking to the Mooney Valley and distance form is Magna Bella. Um, couple of st- uh, last start, sorry, uh, at the Valley, second behind So You Assume. Um, I really liked that run and also has come out and trialled since at uh, Morfordville in a pretty impressive trial, although what you can take out of that, I don't know. But um, each way odds, $13 and 4 bucks to place. That's my bet in the last. All right. Yeah, I found this race incredibly tough um, from the perspective of there are a lot of winning chances, generally and historic, well, historically in this race. You need to be a pretty tough mare. Um to, to win this race, they usually go along at a pretty tough clip. Obviously, usually pretty big atmosphere on track at this point of time in the day. Um, I thought that tough mare could be Starrell. Um, I thought she was okay last start, probably entitled to, to possibly even win that race. I just think fitness gave out a little bit there second up. I think staying to the 1,600 metres is... Uh, is what she needs in this race, which obviously she gets. 
Um, and I just thought, yeah, at around that seven dollars two fifty was probably a uh, a reasonable each way bet. Ana Visto can definitely win. Um, yeah, she just got busted open in that last race at Flemington, and she um, obviously is an on speed horse. Just uh, probably went a little bit too fast for how she likes it in those early stages, and as a result, she did tire out towards the end, but. If there's a little less speed on in this race, I thought that she could definitely, definitely uh, win in what is this wide open race. And yeah, look, um, you raised some good points here in round Ilafartim. Um, definitely when you go back over and have a look at the form of that race, um, yeah, you could definitely make a case for it. And obviously up to the 1,600 metres will only help. Um, but yeah, that's how I saw it. I thought that uh, as we sit here on a Thursday night, given uh, what we know about possibly how the track might play, that Star Rail was that horse that I was uh, was keen to back each way. All right. Well, that is takes us to the end of the program. We've got a couple of important things to get through. The first of that are our quaddy numbers, and loyal listeners to the podcast would know that we have been on fire with our quaddy selections the last couple of weeks. Definitely, if you had followed us last three or so weeks, you would have a uh, pretty healthy bank account uh, by now. So, Tim, why don't you go through our quaddy selections for races 7, 8, 9, 10 on the program? Yeah, absolutely, Rob. I think out of the last uh, five meetings in on Saturday in Victoria, we've had four of the quaddies. So we've had some nice little dividends there. Um, hopefully we can go again and do it. So in the first leg of the quaddy, we're going to be a little bit bold here. We're going to put Forgot You in. Um, you, if you don't, if you're not, if you're a little concerned about standing out a horse, I mean, go for it. Chuck in some others, but we think that we can that this horse will just win. So, forgot you is the in the first leg. Stand him out in race eight. We're going with numbers 10, 7, 9, 13, 12. and if it's wet, so a slow six or more, we're going with Miami bound number eleven as well. Uh, if it's not wet, feel free to leave it out. In race nine, the big one, the Cox Plate, we're going with numbers seven, five, nine, ten, and one. And in the last race, we're going with numbers five, thirteen, three, six, four, one. And if the seven only words doesn't run on Friday night, we'll also include that in our quaddy on Saturday. All right, there you go, punters. That's the quaddy numbers to definitely follow. All right, second last thing that we'll do is go through our best of the day. So we'll kick off with our backyard punter. Billy, what's your best of the day? Best of the day for me, race three at the Valley, Robadira, about $4. Uh, that's my best. All right, and Tim, what's your best? My best is in race eight, the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. And that's race eight, number 10, Pondus. All right. And my best of the day is in race four, horse number nine, Dosh. Uh, yeah, if it, if it gets the trip and, and runs along at a nice speed, it'll be incredibly hard to beat. All right. Last thing to do before we sign off for another edition is to give our tip for the Manicado Stakes. We don't need to go into any detail. Tim, what were you liking in the Manicado? Yeah, well, Manicato tomorrow night. Um, look, it's a it's a very weak Manicato, mm. and 
I'm going with what looks a a horse that's going to be second up here. Savato XL is the favourite. I really like to start last start and it didn't look fit. It's only going to be fitter again here. So yeah, Savato XL for me. Yeah, hard not to like the story of that horse given where it's come from. Um, Billy, what was your tip in the Manicato? Uh, I am on Bella Nipotina. I think it's absolutely flying at the moment, and I think it's going to pinch the Manicata in probably a bit of a weaker one than normal, but I think it's a good chance. Yeah, we deserve the win there. I love that horse. It is airborne for sure. I think we both love that horse. Um, but, yeah, I can't see it winning, and the reason for that is I'm really keen on Lombardo. Uh, this horse has been running some sensational figures. Uh, hasn't yet probably put it all together. But I think uh, from barrier three, it'll be stalking the speed. And uh, with its finish, it'll be pretty hard to beat. There's been some market support around. All right. Well, Billy, thanks so much to you for coming and joining us as our backyard punter for this Cox Plate edition of the Good Form podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, look forward to watching tomorrow night and Saturday and uh, looking forward to escaping lockdown as well. Can't wait. All right, so best of luck to you punters on Saturday and on Friday night if you're having a play, and we'll see you here back next Thursday for our look at the Vic Derby program on the Saturday. 